Hello, Autism Warrior, and welcome to Barefoot Autism Warriors podcast. I'm Ninka Benedette Mauritsson, and I am here to tell you that autism is a consciousness test. It's a wake-up call, and it's your chance to turn your life around. And when you do, everything changes. I'm with Amanda, and I feel so honored to have these conversations with my sisters from all over the globe. It's like going back in time to when my son was diagnosed and had all the symptoms and I was alone and nobody nobody was there to support me. Um, And my biggest wish was to have other moms that I could about how to turn these symptoms around. And so today I'm, I'm having that conversation with Amanda. She's in the middle of the process. And what happens is that we we connect. We it's like we're walking together. I'm not doing it for you, but I'm doing it with you, right, Amanda? And so, right. so I like to follow along. And when when my sisters talk about what's going on and the wins and the challenges, I love to share that with someone who's outside of the community or moms who are considering turning symptoms around don't know what they need to do to do that I like to talk to moms who are in that process and you wrote a message for all of us in the community recently Amanda about the changes that you had seen in your challenge I'm going to talk a little bit about that but um, would you um, would you introduce yourself um, so that we can get an impression of what your life is like, what your journey has been like, where, what, where do you live your life and uh, okay. what's changed for you? All right. So, well, who are you? <laughs> for those who don't know. My name's Amanda, as you said, and um, I'm a mom of two littles right now. My oldest is Bo, who I'm in the program for, and I have a younger one named Harlow. She's a year and a half. Uh, I'm married, and me and my husband have been together about eight years. We celebrated our fourth um, wedding anniversary yesterday. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and before we had kids, um, we traveled a lot. We lived in a few different states together and really enjoyed life and settled down in Michigan to have kids Mm -hmm. yeah and now I'm a stay-at-home mom which which I really love um I I feel like maybe before the process and before um things kind of took a left turn for me and my family I was um restless at home I felt like I needed to contribute more to the family and uh I was trying to find all these different ways and uh now I'm just really content with my role as mommy like I've been able to relax into it because I know it's such a huge role and how how important it is for the whole family to have a good mother and uh, a strong woman behind my husband as well so that's been really relaxing and uh, I'm just um really blossoming in my role as mommy now that's such a touching thing to be able to share with you and celebrate with you. Could you take us back to that woman that you were when you came to Michigan to have kids okay. and how life took a turn? Because I'm guessing that the way that you imagined having kids with your husband 
it wasn't really what happened when uh, when autism came around so could you take us from the initial planning of having planning to have kids and then what what happened next okay um yeah life was definitely different me and my husband were vegans uh so we lived a different lifestyle um my labor was pretty hard with my firstborn I tried to have her at home, but things uh, went sideways and we ended up in the hospital. But honestly, you know, I could have stayed at home for, for all the help that the hospital actually ended up giving us. It, it wouldn't have mattered either way. Um, Bo was everything to us. You know, um, she was born the first week of the COVID shutdown in the United States. And uh, I was really lucky because I was able to have people in the hospital because it was a few days prior. And um, at the same time, I, I was so nervous about anyone being around my little one. I was kind of grateful for a shutdown because I got um, time with just my baby and my family. That was at that time, you know, and she, she's still everything to us. And um, oh, sorry, I, 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 I was so attached to her, but at the same time, I didn't realize how detached I was in a lot of areas of life. And I didn't realize down the road, maybe how not eating meat would affect her. I thought our, uh, our lifestyle was, was great. I felt like other people needed to jump on board that they weren't doing right and living healthy lifestyles. Um, but yeah, I, I took Bo everywhere. We'd go outside to park. She was my best friend. We did everything. And, and then I got pregnant with my second and, uh, Winter time in Michigan's a little bit hard. I'm sure you know about winters in your area. You know, people like to hibernate a lot. They don't like to go outside as much. And Harlow was born in the winter. And when Harlow was born, um, I breastfeed both kids. And, you know, usually around eight o'clock, I would go lay down. But during the pregnancy, we had started letting Bo have screen time. You know, I... Um, like ABC stuff on YouTube or cute little videos or Cocoa Melon because, you know, kids just loved it. And we, we didn't think much wrong with it. We were both raised on televisions, you know, like both me and my husband, we used to fall asleep to the TV and that's how we grew up. Um, I remember as a little kid waking up in the middle of the night to the screen being fuzzy and ee, you know, a buzzing sound. So, um, but my mom's intuition always uh, kind of had a little flare up when I would give her the phone sometimes like, am I trading something, you know, for this time I'm getting or, or keeping the house clean or whatever it was. And uh, the phone kind of became a, a babysitter in a way when the second baby came, you know, my husband, he's, he's an artist and he, he works a, a night job as well. So to do his art, you know, he would give her the phone or, or me to, learn about certain things to advance in my own future that you know because I was restless I would give her the phone and and I just started noticing different things uh, you know she's our firstborn so you don't catch things quite as quickly because you just think they're a baby and maybe some of these things are normal and um, Bo ha had already started talking at a young age and early in fact she said mama at six months her first word, probably at nine months, started walking around uh, exactly at a year. 
I noticed though, she didn't have a very long crawling stage. It was a short crawling stage and she scooted a little bit more. And um, I don't know if this was attributed to maybe that's around the time we started screen use is right around 11 months, letting her um, use it in the car. Uh, but I started to notice that she didn't have more words later on. I didn't know when I went to the doctor, she asked how many words does she have? I'm like, oh, still about the same few. And at that time she was doing sign language. Uh, I had taught her sign language, sign language and right around the time Harlow was born, she stopped using her sign language as well. I know this probably is jumping back and forth because in my oh, brain, not great. everything is yeah, right I know. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Harlow was uh, born right around the time Bo turned 18 months. And the day before Harlow was born, I had a home birth with her, by the way. And um, the day before she was born, I took Bo to our pediatrician. And at that time, I had um, been really leery about overload on vaccinations. Um, but I figured that that was when she was due for the vaccination where there's three at once. Mm -hmm. And you know, my pediatrician told me like, oh, you know, my kids have them. If you do the three now, you know, you're pregnant, about to have the baby. You won't have to come back for a long time, you know, and this isn't blame on anyone else. This was just my thinking about it. Like, I was like, oh, she's right, you know, and still I, I kind of went against my intuition a little bit. And the next day, Harlow was born. And before that day, Bo was still a happy baby and she was still making eye contact and she was still very loving towards me and then after that after Harlow was born and the day after the vaccinations she quit being that way with me she would only let her father hold her at that point in time mm -hmm. um and I don't know if it's just progressively progressively because the cell phone became um a helper around the house, a babysitter, because we didn't have many family or community in our lives at that point in time. If maybe her symptoms just started getting worse, you know, the hand flapping started sometimes. Um, she began to do the spin. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if, I, if you, I know you would understand what I mean, the spin, like just spinning with arms flapping and the eye being in the corner, all her eyes facing one corner and spinning. And, and just random, really uh, like a crazy laugh, not like, not a cute laugh, like almost an insane laugh. Um, and you know, other people thought it was just cute at first, but as a mother, you know, something's like really off or wrong. And, and because Bo had been such a happy baby, she smiled within the first three days of birth. You know, she, she smiled and she always made everyone laugh and giggle and talked and she just she was just so impressive we thought you know I was so proud of my first baby I still am and it it, it hurts to talk about it sometimes but I don't know why I'm crying because um it's painful it is painful it's yeah what you have and what you lose and the shock of that happening right before your eyes like your child disappearing yeah. In front of you, 
and you are a new mom you just had a baby this is so it's is happening to so many moms and i think everyone can relate to that grief oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so it really did just seem like my baby disappeared and um she didn't make eye contact any longer progressively sleep started getting worse and worse so um, I would put my my baby Harlow to sleep with breastfeeding and when you breastfeed it's kind of hard to stay up because of the sleep hormones and so she would stay up with my husband and you know like I said the phone became a little bit of a babysitter and um, going forward uh, it just became less and less sleep um, mm -hmm. she'd wake up in the middle of the night and she would scream and she would she wouldn't go to sleep till late we couldn't understand how other people could get their kids down so early at like eight or nine that just blew our minds so we we just didn't understand and um at that time i started doing like private searches on my own um on, on my daughter's symptoms to see where it was leading you know um, she she wasn't speaking anymore and she wasn't using her sign language anymore so you find all these things on Google, like, oh, it could be Einstein syndrome because Einstein didn't speak till four or um, she could just be a late talker or, and then I found autism and I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, the hand flapping, no eye contact, like she's starting to meet the bill on some things, but I feel like I kept looking for different YouTube videos because she didn't fit exactly into any mom's video and i i just didn't feel like my perfectly happy healthy baby could go from from how she was to now to now this without there being a way to fix or change it because everything i watched just made it sound so permanent and you had to accept things and and they just seemed so futile in all their efforts you know so um I just followed my intuition and I kept searching and I found that there's been a big correlation to um, autism growing, especially regressive autism and uh, screen use under the age of two. So um, I just kept going down that rabbit hole and I, I found um, a website that basically said, you know, take away all the screens in your home now. And if you can do that, you know, usually kids bounce back in six months. I don't know if bounce back is the best way to put it. Maybe some kids that, you know, maybe very minimal just started showing signs. I don't know. Every child's different. But uh, I know that first week when we took away screens in the home, Bo started making eye contact again. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Yeah. And I think that was a... Uh, in July of last year, when I decide when we decided as a family to stop, because I had been trying to stop the screen usage for a month or two. But if your husband, if your other family members aren't on board with you, sometimes it's um, it's it's a little harder. So, you know, there there were some times in the home where we had to have some um, deep conversations. At that time, my husband didn't know or think there was anything wrong with her. And it was a very lonely space at that point because as a mother, I knew something was different. And, 
and he wasn't seeing it yet. And he loved his baby so much, his firstborn, that he took three months off of work to be, you know, help raise that, you know, it, it was too much for him to swallow at the time. Yeah. But I, I think it was, he gave her the phone one more time, you know, and after that, she was spit, doing the spins with her eye in the corner and she started to do a really crazy laugh that lasted a while. And wow. after that, we, it, was, it was a really powerful moment because we look at each other, I start crying. And after that, he was like, okay, let's do this. Let's try it. And then um, we, we took the, the screens away completely, even our, even our television, because at that point I was so scared, so scared that I didn't want anything around her. And this website had even recommended stopping music um, for a while. So, I mean, now we have music, but at that time I, I was like, okay, everything just needs to go. Yeah, well done. Yeah, so our daughter came back, like she, she looked at me that week and that was like one of those little God aha moments. And you know, you're on the right path. So that was before I found the community and I didn't know what really to do except for I knew nature heals. Yes. So I would just pack up Harlow and Bo and I would go to any park I could find that had like a fenced in area and I would pack whatever food, you know, snacks, anything healthy I could at that time. I, did, I wasn't against gluten or dairy because I didn't know. Um, but we would just stay outside all day. And, uh, I started to notice some changes with that too. Uh, and, and just little things like, um, her starting to understand, or maybe even answer to her name here and there. That was big. And then God led me to you. And, um, I, I think it was on YouTube. I had found you and your channel. And I listened to the, the five um wake up calls I think I don't know what you yeah call. five five messages I think behind autism symptoms I think it's called yeah yeah and that was great uh, that was exactly what I needed at that time because sometimes just following your intuition it it you it's nice to see other women that are like this this is what we are doing as well and this worked for us and follow your intuition and don't listen to others because sometimes others telling you things or chatting in your ear or saying you can't do this or that, sometimes it, it puts you down. Um, and it was just a, a big reminder how powerful women's intuition is and mothers yeah. and to keep going. And then um, it took me a few months to join your course, but I watched those and I, um, I tried to implement everything like grounding, we started grounding as much as we could. And, and last fall, it was a warmer fall. So uh, me and Bo and, the, and Harlow, we would just pack up the double stroller and head out anywhere we could. And it was kind of scary at that time because Bo would still elope mm. and, and she's fast. <laughs> she's very, very fast. Um, but, you know, I, you just got to take risks like that sometimes. And um, I would try to find open fields to go to and just sit outside, take, take food. I know they would like, um, I know she loved blueberries. 
blueberries kept her kept her sitting for a while with so okay I gotta calm down a little bit um so we did the grounding and we eliminated gluten and dairy and all processed foods we eliminated everything at that point and my husband was very supportive he didn't know which way this was going but he was seeing um results you know when when you're seeing um even if it's small things changing every week but something changed every week uh, and I remember you saying to write down a journal for those moments and I really wish I would have kept one for all the little moments that did change because it just happened so fast and and when things change it's almost like your brain wipes away what the bad things were or what the symptoms or what was there before yeah uh, I, I imagine it's a protective um, mechanism, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we started eating cleaner and I still wasn't in the course, but I, I kept following your Facebook and um, your emails and uh, your YouTube and listening to the other mothers talk. So I always caught like a little bit of gold here and gold there. Uh, I realized lights in the house, the artificial lights might've been upsetting her rhythm. So we went to candlelight at night and in the morning or got uh, red lamps. My husband um, still kept his way of eating and he still eats um, his own way, but this wasn't about him. This was about my daughter and me and how connected we were. I started to realize um, like you teach, um, if something's wrong with me and my nervous system is off, then she can't heal. And right right or before the time we took away the screens, I went into the chiropractor because I woke up one morning and it felt like my back was curling in and I thought maybe I slept bad. And I got there and he was feeling my back and I almost started crying just at the touch. And he, uh, he grabbed one of my hands and he said, Amanda, I need to talk to you. He goes, this happens to your body when maybe there's stuff going on maybe you need less stress but your body tries to protect your heart because your heart is under so much pressure so he said your body curls in to protect your heart oh that was just so hard so how could my daughter heal when i'm in this state because i'm worried about her it just felt really alone but um you know the uh, grounding with her every day like I did it for her it wasn't for me because at that time I couldn't grasp um just working on myself it was for my daughter but grounding every day with her released so much stress and brought so much healing and even my back from labor with um, both the girls was um, severely hurt I had a hard time bending over I was like an old woman <laughs> and I didn't realize it but about three weeks into grounding I, I could like bend and pick up the girls without a problem so everything I did for Bo just started healing me even the foods and
you know, yeah. around that. Can I ask Amanda, so what yeah. what happened to that protective mechanism of you like bending forwards to protect your heart? When you left that chiropractor's office, what went on in your, what were you thinking? What were your feelings and, and how did that change direction for you? Oh, I, I talked to my husband about it because I, I realized there was a lot of things I was keeping in and just trying to keep a good face and for everyone else. But that's when I had a serious talk with him about um, our daughter um, and why this was all affecting me. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it, it was harder for him because he didn't know anything was wrong with our baby. Yeah, and he, he thought my worry. At this point, he still didn't think there was. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, uh, it was a little harder, but let me say I have a wonderful husband, and he's so supportive. And just to know I was in that kind of stress probably brought him, you know, a lot of stress. But, uh, what happened? That was in the that was right before we completely eliminated screens like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened next, Amanda? Um, let me see. So grounding, the food change. You were still doing things on your own and you had eliminated the screens. You, you had been to the chiropractor telling you that you actually were in a lot of pain trying to protect your heart. Your husband is starting to understand something's going on. You're yeah. changing screens, uh, the screen time, eliminating eliminating all of that, going outside with Yeah. And then I and then I joined your course. I was able to join your course. And that was in November. So that was about uh eliminated screens in July. Found you around August, September, I think, September. And then I, I joined in November. Yeah. So after I joined, uh, a lot more changes started happening because I feel like we plateaued a little bit for a while. But then I was in your phase one course and it it helped my nervous system relax. And I noticed whenever I relax more, my daughter relaxes more. And when I when I quit concentrating on her, because that's so hard not to do. To, to look at what symptoms still are there or um, it's just harder to work on yourself than it is them. <laughs> and why do you think that is? Why was that hard for you? Oh, because, you know, uh, if you join, if you're in your course, you, you find out the different stressors. Uh, you can be a cortisol or thyroid type. And I'm more of a thyroid type and I, I kind of put myself on a back shelf in ways for a long time. So it's it's a lot easier for me to to worry about others or or try to help others. And my baby, my baby's just number one in my life. Yeah. She's she's everything. So when you started focusing on yourself and your your baby always being number one what kind of feelings did that evoke in you because I know for some moms that brings a feeling of shame or guilt 
um, a feeling of urgency, like <clears throat> how can I myself, I need to save my child now. Right. What, what came up for you? Oh, I mean, that's pretty much right on. Definitely a lot of, there was shame and guilt and feelings I had to not try not to feel or things I had to try not to think about because if I thought too deep about things it's like look what I did to my baby you know and when you do that that's it's just a dark hole to go down at first but um, I'm still working through those feelings do you still feel like it's something you did to your to your baby or have you seen other versions of that reality I've, I've seen other versions of that I was telling my husband last night that um I have to forgive myself because I would have never done something that I would have thought would have hurt her potentially and the beauty that has come since you know the change and our whole life is different completely different we live more naturally um we're outdoors all the time we're not stressed as much you know we have normal stresses but <laughs> nothing like it used to be I used to be anxious all the time um I used to have habits that would help me detach you know and uh now I'm I'm very present you know um other people might think I'm a little bit of a wild mom and I, I don't mind me and my children. We are a little wild, you know, we, I love living more naturally. And ever since then, it's been, um, a trail of uh, like little God moments that happen or little signs. You know, I feel like if you're on the right path, you'll have little signs and, or God or will give you something to complete. And once you complete that, like, some more things will come your way. Or if you're in a plateau with your child and you, you do the right thing for yourself, and, you know, things will change. Just, we've just been on a, a road of complete change all the time and fast forward. But yeah, obviously I still have some healing to do and I, I, still, um, I still have some deep feelings about everything. And yeah. I think for me, the healing process is probably been 16, 16 years. And when my son was fully recovered, I started grieving for the first time because, you know, when you're in a state of emergency, there's no time to cry. Oh, there wasn't for me. That was my default survival state. So I thought, now I'm going to talk about my son's recovery. I could not even speak because every time I opened my mouth, I would ball and cry like people would look at me thinking is she <laughs> mentally unwell <laughs> you know so the healing process is far longer than we think it is so that's because autism is here to actually heal us and to teach us to be kinder to ourselves to be to be more present in this life and um i would like to hear a little bit more about your god moments those little signs and the things that you are healing currently okay 
so so the God moments are interesting because they'll come out of nowhere and something will just make sense to you that was so obvious before, but it's almost like we've been brainwashed or taught so in such a bad manner that coming back to nature and the and the state we should be, you know, seems like amazing when, when something clicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't think of any specific um, examples at the moment, but if I do, I'll come back to it. Um, things that have been healed for my daughter. What, yeah, or what is healing? So let's start with that. What, so from it was November, your journey, you've done a lot of preparation and groundwork and you've gotten your child to an incredible state already at the time where you met me and you joined the program what has happened since november oh what's changed for you and for her okay one second i wipe my nose <laughs> um you know uh a lot had changed before your program but not to the point that it is now i had eye contact and she which is beautiful. And she was answering to her name from time to time, but she still had um, a lot of the stems that people yeah. would call them stems. She had a lot of stems. Um, she would scream a lot. That's something I definitely will never forget is her screams. Um, she didn't, she didn't have talk. She didn't talk anymore. She had screams when she opened her mouth um, or different noises. And sometimes when one stem would heal, I noticed another would appear in a lesser form, but it would still be a stem. So yeah. it would just transform. So over time, she no longer screams. Um, she no longer hand flaps. Uh, the, the spinning disappeared, except for uh, healthy spinning. It's very healthy for children to spin. Uh, yes. But her eyes aren't in the all the way to the corner like it's just a normal child spin her her playing and enjoying herself um she sleeps through the night that oh. that was um, a big change after your course because uh you started to learn about circadian rhythms and i would try to get the morning light or if i didn't get the morning um golden light i would try to get the afternoons you know and I, I just remember in the beginning of the course, I tried to do everything perfectly, like just as it should be. And I didn't realize that that was actually causing more stress, me trying to, okay, wake my babies up by this time, even though they're not ready to be up. And mm -hmm. uh, I just realized I really had to relax into things, mm -hmm. relax into things more. And like you said, you can't be rigid you know, you can be flexible, but maybe try to adhere to different around different schedules more. Um, I started having a little more grace with myself because it was a lot and having two children, two littles is a lot just in general. And the more grace I have with myself and the more relaxed I become, 
the better everyone in the family is. Even even my husband, you know, there's been so many great changes for us as a family and he he just watches us and he joins, you know, and um I always let him know what a huge place it is for him being the the head of the household and you know, he's really fulfilled that spot. Um my daughter, I, we were just talking about it yesterday. She was sleeping and I said, what changes have you noticed in baby Bo? And she's just, she can follow instructions now. And she's very present. For a long time, if you look at pictures for one year, she would never look at the camera. And it just seemed a very vacant look in her eyes. And now... Um, she still doesn't really like the camera, but <laughs> my son does. Um, but she she's so present and she's so alive. And when my parents would come over to visit, they'd come over for three hours, and right before they would leave, she might let them hold her. But now she's in their lap. She's playing games. She's making eye contact. Um, she plays with her little sister, and she's very protective over her. Um, I mean, she doesn't always like her, but that's a sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I noticed she's, I think her words are starting to push through a little bit. Uh, she said mama a few times again the other day and mama's come and gone a little bit over the past four months. So I don't want to hold anything on that, but I see it coming. I think she just needs a little more confidence now. But I used to gauge her healing on when she would talk. Like that was so big for me. I just, I just wanted to hear my baby's voice again. I just wanted um, her to talk. And then I had to realize I have to have patience because this is a process. And if I'm just trying to hold on to when she'll talk again, I'm missing all the other little signs of healing, like her being present, her her being able to throw something into the trash when I ask her to, or her just knowing she's supposed to do that and go over to the trash. That, that was big for me when she threw something away. Um, getting herself dressed, getting her sister dressed, um, not eloping anymore, but she does like to run and mm -hmm. she likes me to chase her. So that's not a fun game when it's in a parking lot, but it, it it's a game now. It's not just She's running and never turning around or coming back. Yeah, it's still traumatic for you. And one thing I probably would like to invite everyone, including you, Amanda, to remember is that when I don't think I've spoken to one mom who hasn't told me, moms who have children who struggle with um, language and speech, um, I just want to hear my baby talk. I want my, my, child to say mama and one thing that I've learned over the years just observing these children and my own child so many children over the years is that these children are the voice the advocate for our inner children and so when we when we think that we want to hear our child speak it's often because there's so many areas of grief and detachment where our inner child, which is also represented by the body, still needs to be heard and seen and protected and, and nourished. 
And so many times as autism moms, we've neglected our own needs and our even for sleep and for healing. The, the, the stress and the trauma of autism parenting and our kids know that they have so much compassion for their moms and their mom's well-being. So they will hold off on those aspects until we give space to our own healing and our own body and our own inner, inner children. And then all of a sudden thing change, things change. Um, so that's just a little reminder that they have so much compassion for, for our inner children that they'll actually communicate that inner child's need through reluctance in their own development. Wow. So yeah, I've seen moms who've done nothing but self-care and their children goes go from nonverbal to speaking. And that wow. should not be possible, which is something we, we have to glorify God for because it's so miraculous. But I do think it's such a spiritual message for moms is that the, the world, the way that the world is laid out now, it, there's no room for moms. There's no room for women to be moms in the house, in nature, have time and space to simply take care of her children. And it's so stressful for, for women, stressful for our hormonal system, and it's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. You know? So that's what you are also, you're bringing that story forward. And you are, that's a very important message that you're bringing forward is that that, that has been such a big part of the change for you that you now really enjoy. You're not busy. Uh, you don't have this impatience. You just want to be a mom. And that's mm -hmm. your finest job. It's a sacred assignment. Exactly. Thank you so much for that. I do want to make time just to touch on your journey as a vegan. How did that begin? Um, and the reason why I'm curious, I want to let you know if you're listening in and you're thinking, why is that relevant? Um, with autism, about 90 to 98% of the autistic children, and actually the moms too, are dealing with something called undermethylation. Yeah. About this endlessly in previous podcasts, but uh, Dr. William Walsh has done extensive research, nonprofit, 8,000 autistic children, and also mental health cases. Understanding that undermethylation means low methyl and methyl. And methylation is what drives detoxification, neurotransmitter activity, enzymes, hormones, um, gene expression, actually also birth and, and birth experiences and fertility and depression, eating disorders, all of this that's linked. And, and interestingly, a propensity for perfectionism and control over food. So typically someone who's undermethylated will also be attracted to veganism. So when did that begin for you? And what did you notice about that as you became pregnant the first time and the second time around and, and onwards? Did you notice anything about your health or anything about your mental health? Um, my, I wasn't feeling, um, very healthy when I got pregnant and when I was pregnant with Bo it was a very hard pregnancy um I didn't gain a lot of weight 
you know, everyone would comment how nice I looked, but on the inside, I, I felt very bad. <laughs> I was anxious and my body, I, I was throwing up a lot, you know. Um, but my second pregnancy was a lot easier. I, I ate more. Um, I, I let myself have fish and um, I was eating eggs. And towards the middle of my pregnancy in the first one, I started eating eggs and cheese and things like that. But um, it took some convincing in our family because we had thought veganism was so healthy and so right. But the whole time I was just craving a burger or a steak or, you know, something like that. Um, Do you remember what changed? And do you remember when you start, started eating meat? What, what happened and what triggered that? Oh, in the pregnancy? No, just in general, because now you're no longer a vegan, right? Right. Um, I was willing to do anything to promote um, brain growth in my child. And and if it was something that was missing in me, I, I, I was going to do it with them because I needed to test how things would, I would react to things along with my child. So we needed to eat the same for me to understand how she was feeling and how I was feeling. And it was an experiment and I started feeling a lot better. I wasn't as anxious all the time. Mm. I uh, didn't realize, you know, I, I used to have some habits um, to kind of smooth over my anxiousness and, and I didn't need those anymore. So that's great. Well, I, I just find it so motivating and I just want to thank you for your vulnerability and your, your willingness to share, Amanda, um, the whole part of the journey and the fact that it's difficult. It's not like, okay, then all these symptoms have changed and then everything's easy. There's still a lot of grief. There's still healing to be done. And that's what we're working through now. Um, but I would like to ask you if there is like if you were to go back to that mom that you were before all of this happened, before the, these changes happened, what three messages would you would you give her in an envelope? Because that's what we're going to bring on to the moms that are listening in today as the last message for them. Oh, wow. I, that's funny because I, I thought of something like this yesterday. I was thinking about it. Like if I could just talk to um, younger Amanda, like what would I say to her? I would tell her that their time is very precious. So um, baby's times are very precious and it doesn't last long. And sometimes technology seems like it's a few minutes or it's 20 minutes or whatever it is, but their time is precious and it adds up and the house doesn't need to be perfect. And go outside with them as much as you can mm -hmm. and maybe um, speak your peace a lot more um, speak your truth don't care what other people think because it's a waste and um, love yourself and sink into your role as a mother because like you said it's a sacred job so 
I know that sounded like a few different messages, but that's what I would want to tell her. I think that's love so your job as a mom. Go outside and just hold your kids because time passes fast. Exactly. And and as a mom who has, you've turned symptoms around. What's your message for those who say there's nothing you can do? It's cool. a lifelong condition. Don't, you know, you just need to cope with it and learn how to deal with it and accept it and actually be proudful of it. What's your message for that? Oh, oh, but it can, it can turn around. And, you know, you do have to have patience and it's, you, you may have to completely change your way of life and your lifestyle and you know what it's going to be more beautiful than it was before and it's going to be easier in the long run but I wish I wish my daughter was here right now Bo is she's back my baby Bo I have her you know um I, I wish I could express it in words it there's so many emotions right now and I wish I could explain it but you can have your baby you I hope I hope you edit that part out. I don't know what to say. That's the most beautiful part of this conversation. But you can um, have your baby back. Yeah. She's so present and loving. And um I get to hold her every day and have a conversation with her. And I know she's understanding it now. And and she's she's actually ahead of the game in so many areas <laughs> her physicality she's in great shape <laughs> um her running her jumping um her empathy uh just everything you know i see other moms that have older children that could still be helped from this um It can turn around. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I could express myself clearer. Oh, I I don't think I've met anyone who's expressing themselves as clearly as you. So I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much, beautiful Amanda, for for sharing your story, for letting us into your world and behind the scenes, and to feel with you the joy and the grief of this journey. And I'm just so excited to be able to still continue to walk with you through this development thank you so much for sharing today thank you thank you